Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Loose Ends, the Singh Family Tragedy. This is episode 12, Max Speaks. My name is Graham Crowley. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast has been created for an adult audience, so listener discretion is advised. The thoughts and opinions in this podcast are mine. On a sad note, my friend of more than 40 years, Felix Grayson, passed away on 28 January 2022. He had been very ill with cancer for more than two years. Felix was a kind and decent person, a career policeman and a good one. The world is worse for his passing. On a brighter note, my nephew, who never knew Felix, had a son on 19 January 2022. He named his son Percy Felix. If Percy Felix grows up to be half the man Felix Grayson was, the world will be better for it. Rest in peace, old mate. Now down to business. I emailed Queensland Police and invited the arresting officer to be interviewed for the podcast. I placed the email on the Facebook page, but for those who did not read it, here it is. Greetings, former colleagues. I am currently broadcasting a podcast on the Max Seeker murders, Loose Ends, the Singh family tragedy. I would like to invite the arresting officer, Detective Senior Sergeant Joe Zitney, onto the podcast to discuss the stunning victory for the Queensland Police, the Government and the people of Queensland. We can all sleep much safer knowing that killer is off the streets. I'm positive my listeners would love to hear from Detective Zitney as to how Queensland Police solved the case after six long years, without giving away any secrets, of course. I would also like to discuss with Detective Zitney the disturbing evidence I uncovered regarding the principle of Operation Alpha Karma and his alleged murderous spree in the Solomon Islands prior to the Singh murders and whether said criminal had any involvement in the Singh murders. I am wondering, as would many of my listeners, had Queensland Police known of that criminal's past, would there have been more than one suspect for the Singh murders? As QPS is unaware of the Solomon Islands connection, I invite you to listen to the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, to come up to speed. I cannot mention his name, 
as I am publishing this invitation for the benefit of my listeners. But with access to your records, it is not hard to identify him. I look forward to your cooperation in this matter, which has significant public interest. Graham Crowley A listener, Tony Marie, messaged me in response to the email to Queensland Police. Old saying my boss in the criminal investigation branch used to say often, catch more flies with honey than vinegar? Think there's too much vinegar in my opinion. Thanks for your comment, Tony Marie. And thanks for listening to the podcast. And you may well be correct in your assessment, Tony Marie. Perhaps I did use too much vinegar. My thought processes when I wrote that email included the following. Hell would freeze over before QPS agreed to an interview with me. And in the unlikely event they accepted my invitation, I didn't want to be accused of an ambush after the Bonhomie and brothers-in-arms bonding had concluded. I'm cranky with the Queensland Police Service. Because I won't have the chance to tell them to their face, I wanted to make sure they clearly understood my position. If they had done their job properly, they would have known about the Solomon Islands business. Queensland Police were so focused on Max Seeker, it impacted on them doing a thorough and impartial investigation. Joe Cool may or may not have been involved in the Seeker murders. We will probably never know. But given his past exploits, it would be nice to know he was eliminated as being a suspect, which he wasn't. And I'm cranky with the QPS because of the position their negligence has put me in. I was warned by a close associate of the kidnappers I would be putting myself in danger, serious danger, if I broadcast anything about Joe Cool. And by default, my family was potentially placed in danger. I was told I should sleep with a Glock under my pillow. Not happy, Jan. And there were plenty of red flags which Queensland police missed or ignored. A serious gangster right in the middle of a triple murder investigation. Neoma telling her mother only months before that she could be killed if information regarding the kidnapping leaked out. And she was murdered. A meticulously planned kidnapping, right down to the gang members being placed in separate cells. Each cell did not know the identity or duties of other cells. A bottle of bleach being found in the boot of Joe Cool's car, along with at least five firearms. Very tooled up gangsters. There is an unspoken inference that if you carry a firearm, you are prepared to use it. So by that, we can deduct the gang was prepared to use violence in carrying out their plan. Possibly deadly force. The gang leader offering to become a police informant and help convict Seeker. Begging, actually. He contacted Queensland Police three times, requesting they come to the prison to talk to him. I was never sure who contacted whom, but I have recently learned Joe Cool was contacting police. And he made a curious comment to police, which has bothered me. This is not word for word, but Joe Cool told police he would assist them as long as they did not try to fit him up for the murders. Why would he even say that? if he had no involvement in the murders. 
But despite wanting to point the finger of blame at Max Seeker, whatever he had to tell police did not warrant a statement being taken from him, and he was not called to give evidence at trial. But he did help to keep police focused on Max Seeker. It was always about Max Seeker. And yes, Joe Cool was in prison at the time of the murders. My source recently told me Joe Cool was not the head of the organisation. He answered to someone higher up the food chain. So Joe Cool being in prison at the time of the murders was irrelevant. I was also told the gang were of the belief Neil Masing went to the police and became a police informant about the kidnapping plan. We will never know the truth of that claim, of course. That would be exposing the Queensland Police and Queensland Government to claims of negligence for the murders, for not keeping their informants safe. Revenge was bandied around frequently as a motive for the murders by Queensland Police during the early years of the investigation. But revenge against Vijay, never revenge against Neilma. If I receive contact from Queensland Police, I expect it will be to advise me my Glock should be secured in a gun safe, not left under my pillow. Moving along. Why is it that every time I pick up a folder relating to this matter, I find another apparent problem with the evidence? I'm not making this up, seriously. I'm just reporting what I find. I find it extremely frustrating. I want to take you back to early in the podcast and the SMS message sent from Neilma's mobile phone to Max Seeker's phone on Sunday night, 20 April 2003. We'll see you later tonight and then chat. I think I am coming down with something. Feeling a day before you get sick. We'll give the one ring. And we heard from the prosecutor at trial that the one ring was because Vijay Singh paid Neilma's phone bill. Vijay apparently scrutinised her bills closely and if there was any evidence of her contacting Max Seeker, there would be retribution. And some things you just take on face value, like that comment. But was it an accurate assessment of the relationship between Neilma and Vijay and Neilma and Max? What is now clear to me is that Neilma never received the memo about retribution from Vijay if he found evidence of her contacting Max. How can I say that? I have recently viewed the phone records for many mobiles and landlines, including Neilma's phones, Max Seeker's phones, landlines for both the Singh household and the Seeker household, as well as many others. I did note them when I first started this journey, but to be honest, I was overwhelmed by the mountain of material. When I viewed Neilma's phone bill on Optus Letterhead, which listed all calls she made, and all SMS messages she sent, along with the number she called, I immediately noticed a large number of calls made to Max Seeker's mobile and the Singh family landline. If these details were visible to me, they were clearly also visible to Vijay Singh. In January 2003 and February 2003, I counted 10 calls. In March, I counted 13 calls. In April, there were 7 calls. I could not find paperwork for all SMS messages for those periods. Between 12 April and 20 April 2003, 
there were 26 SMS messages from Neoma's mobile phone to Max Seeker's mobile phone. Not bad for a couple who had broken up. A perusal of phone bills for October and November 2002 revealed a similar number of calls to Max Seeker. It appears to me Neoma was not the slightest concern that those details would appear on her phone bill. Each phone bill contained a large number of calls and SMS messages to many numbers. I seriously question that VJ could identify who Neoma was calling or messaging. So was there even a need for the one ring and what exactly did it mean? I went looking for other instances where this phrase was used without finding any. I did find a comment by Neoma while she was in Fiji in October 2002 that VJ checked his business and home phone accounts there. But was he looking for evidence of Neoma phoning Max? Or was he simply looking for evidence of costly overseas phone calls to Australia? And when Neoma was in Dubai, her first phone bill was very high because of the calls back to Australia, to Max Seeker. VJ was unhappy about the cost. Neoma and Max then made alternate arrangements so there would be no further large overseas phone bills. So what did will give the one ring mean exactly? And why did Neoma use it? Neoma cannot tell us. I am not sure if Max Seeker was asked that question in the more than 20 hours of taped interviews between police and him. He probably was, though I'm yet to find it. Moving along. I have previously viewed printouts of the contents of Neoma's mobile phone, as provided to the defence by Queensland Police. I missed the significance of the draft box messages until now, three or four pages in amongst thousands. I recently viewed videotapes of detectives examining the contents of Neoma's phone. I had to actually go out and borrow a video player to play the tapes. Not many people use videotapes anymore, it seems. The videos run for almost three hours. At the start of the first tape, the detective explains that he intends to document the entire contents of Neilma's phone. He will examine all the contacts on the phone, as well as the contents of each and every folder. Whilst he does this, the video camera will be rolling. There are a number of folders on the phone, including the usual you would expect to find. But the folders I will be taking you through are the inbox folder, the sent folder, and the draft folder. As a detective opens each SMS message in the inbox and sent folders, the video camera captures the contents of the message, the sender or receiver, the phone number it was sent from or to, and the date and time. When the detective opened the draft folder, it could be seen there were three messages in it. Two of these draft messages were identical. These messages caught my attention. I'm sure I don't need to explain what a draft message is, but to ensure we are all on the same page, I will. A draft message is a message written on Neilma's phone, presumably by Neilma, but not sent to a recipient, waiting to be sent actually. There is no detail in the phone of when these draft messages were written or to whom they would ultimately be directed. Obviously, once the draft message is sent, the message is moved from the draft folder to the sent folder. This is the wording of the two identical draft messages on Neilma's phone. And in both instances, the letter U replaced the word YOU. 
Can you meet me behind my old house at 10.30am? Who was that message meant for and when did she write it? The very last message in the inbox of Neilma's phone was received at 9.53am on Monday 21 April 2003 from a friend, not Max Seeker. This friend had not communicated with Neilma for weeks. Neilma had contacted him on a number of occasions to meet up, but he was always busy or not available. From the tone of the messages, it appeared he wanted nothing to do with her, and he had said as much. He was angry that she was lying to him. And then, out of the blue on the Monday, he messaged her once. According to the Crown case, the victims were deceased by this time, and that is a reasonable assessment. By that time, all three victims had stopped all communication and no one had been able to contact them. As I've said previously, an alternative scenario may have been that they were otherwise incapacitated and prevented from contacting anyone, perhaps by an associate of Joe Cool. The SMS message sent to Neilma's phone reads as follows, and the letter U replaced the word Y-O-U. Can you meet me at the park behind my house at 10.30am? Identical messages in the inbox and the draft folder. Word for word. What are the chances of Neoma drafting that message twice to send and then receiving the same message, word for word, from the friend? How does that happen? I personally believe it is impossible without human intervention. Am I wrong? And what do those messages being in the draft folder mean? I believe there are only two alternatives. If a listener knows of a third, I'd be pleased to hear from you. Either the drafts were written by the person who sent the SMS message to Neilma, or the drafts were written by a police officer after the phone was taken possession of. I can't see the friend gaining access to the phone and writing the messages. I cannot see police investigators interfering with the contents of a victim's phone and writing messages. When the detective examining the phone came to the draft folder, the video reflects he merely reported on the contents and moved on. Another curious loose end in an investigation with an ever-increasing number of loose ends. Is this matter important and does it relate to the murder somehow? I am not sure but I do believe it needs to be followed up. On that note, I'll move on to the various communications between Neilma and Max and Neilma and others. In June 2002, after returning from Dubai, Neilma had an online chat with a friend. This is a transcript of that conversation, which I have only recently read for the first time. You can hear Neilma's words first. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm having trouble with my family at the moment. 
I thought so. Could tell by the tone of your MSN. What's wrong? Well, they don't like Max. They want me to get rid of him because he's 32. Meanwhile, they're trying to set me up with this single rich guy in NZ who's 31. Hmm, that doesn't sound too fair. Yeah, tell me about it. It just really sucks at the moment. Do you remember a shock in Canada? Nope. Well, he's the one trying to set me up with this dude. He's trying very hard for us to meet and all that crap. True, you poor girl. And the sad thing is that parents agree to it. Oh well, that's life for ya. You're a pretty smart and loyal daughter. They should treat you better. They should trust your judgment in choosing your friends or boyfriends. I know, but who can explain that to them? Once they've made up their mind, that's it. True, that's Indian parents for you. A bit of understanding would help from them because it's really difficult to choose between loved one and loved ones. Well then please don't let them get you down. Keep your friendship with Max. If they do get mad and stuff, don't worry about it. Let them. Just remember how childish they are being. We'll try. I just don't say much these days. Yup, that's the way to be. Just do your thing and be happy. If they bug you, just go for a walk or a drive. Just relax. Do you love him? Yes. And do you like his children? Yes, I was just with his daughter since it was her birthday today. Went to give her a prezi. Nice. Well, as long as you really love him and you love everything about him and that he loves you too, then why not? Max came over to talk to Dad and Dad got really, really mad. My parents won't let me. Can't see him and all. Keep asking me what I'm doing about it and all. Well, you can be happy with Max or be sad with old Indian dude who might treat you like a slave. You know how Fiji Indian boys think. Well, not all, but some do. And if he is in his 30s, well, then he would be old school. Well, this guy who is in New Zealand is a solicitor, and he's very rich and all. You know what parents go for. He could be a child molester for all I know. True. I hate choosing. That's my problem at the moment. Would you marry Max? I shouldn't have to. Not now, but in the future I can see myself with him. But some things have to change. What has to change? Things about him or things with your parents? I love kids and all, but it's kind of getting to me. I don't know why. You're 23 years of age, right? Yes. You're still young. Yes. Not me to have kids, but his kids. You're really, really young. You're in the prime years of your life. This is when you go out and meet people and meet different men and see what the world has to offer. Yeah, that's true. I am seeing the world. No doubt about that. Yep. See what I mean? And now you have to meet the men of other places. Someone of your age, the truth is, a 30 plus year person is a little bit old. It worked in the old days because the women took the shit. Old men have different needs. Yeah, I get your point. If you're up to them, then come to New Zealand and marry the oldie goldie. But you're young and you've got to fly. Fly free and enjoy life. Well, that's what I think. Well, if you meet Max, you would see. He's 32, but a child inside. Very easy to get along with and very open-minded. Well, that's okay. But we'll see what happens. It's your choice.
Anyway, I've taken up a lot of your time. Thanks for the advice. In the end, follow your heart. Yeah, true. We'll see what happens. Good luck. Max has been very patient with me working overseas. True. He said he doesn't want to break up with me, said I would have to do it. That's really nice. Yeah, soft serve. I also came across a Hallmark card written and sent by Neoma to Max on the occasion of an anniversary on 2 September 2002. These are Neoma's words. Happy anniversary, Massimo. Thank you, baby, for a wonderful year. We both have been through a lot and that's what has made our relationship stronger. Love you heaps, my sweetheart. I wish you good health and happiness always. Thank you for beautiful memories and good fun times. Your support and love means a lot to me. My Jan, Lafwa, soft serve. Love you heaps, Nim. You may recall Neoma and a mother flew to Fiji in October 2002 to confront one of Vijay's lovers. I came across an email Neoma sent to Max while she was overseas. The following is just a small part of that email. You will hear the word lafwa and other foreign words from time to time during these conversations. They were pet names Neoma and Max used for each other. To my dearest Lafwa, how are you, Baba? Hope you are fine together with my Bujo. I miss you both heaps and heaps. Sorry I haven't called you yet as we have been so busy. I am going to buy a SIM card here so we can SMS each other. The SIM you gave me doesn't work here at all. I can't call you from home or work as he checks all the bills. I love you, Baba, and I really need your help, Lafwa. Too much has happened, and I am so sad and fucked up inside that I can't even cry. I feel so sorry for Mum. Well, our flight was good, and the long three-hour drive home was a pain in the bum. It took just a couple of hours to find out everything, and we took it from there. What Papa has been doing here is unbelievable, and here is the story. Dad has been doing a lot of illegal things, which we have found out about. He has been doing so many bad, horrible things that I am ashamed to call him my father. I spoke to Dad as well and blew the fuck out of him. He told me that when I get to Brisbane, he will cut me to pieces. He said that he really wants to bash us up and that he is really going to do it. But don't worry, we are not scared. I love you, my sexy baby. I thought about you so many times and I really, truly wish that you were here with me. I love you, my Jan Man. I miss you heaps. I sleep with Nimba and cuddle her tight. Smells just like you. Have to go, my Jan. Thank you for looking after Bujo Baba. You have done so much for me already and I need this big favour. Lots of love. Your Lafwa, Chocolate Flake, Nim, Nimi, Jan, Piar and Jan Man. Kisses for you and Bujo. XO, 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 XO. Please SMS Canal to see if he is all right. Love you. Bye, my John. At trial, and continuously in the media, the relationship between Max Seeker and Nilma Singh was described as tumultuous, stormy, on again, off again. After reading all the exchanges between Nilma and Max, I have concluded it was anything but stormy, and it was not on again, off again. 
It was off for a period of two to three weeks in the entire 18 months of their relationship. It was certainly not tumultuous. Max was described as controlling, a stalker, and there is evidence of both those things. Neoma was under enormous pressure from her parents to end the relationship with Max. You may remember that one month before the murders, Vijay Singh dragged a reluctant Neoma to Stafford Police Station to complain about Max. The police officer read some of the SMS messages on her phone and concluded there were no grounds to take any action against Max Seeker. The following exchanges provide a window into the lives of Neoma and Max and I want to share them with you. I have not included all communications, but selected an appropriate cross-section. These messages contain the words of both Max and Neilma, but are not their voices. They were recovered from Neilma's phone, Max Seeker's phone, and elsewhere. Many of the messages between Neilma and Max are at odds with everything I have read and heard about their relationship during this time I've been on this journey. I was expecting vitriol, abuse, aggression. But these nouns are absent from the messages I read. Some say Neilma knew the brain tumour story was made up. I am not convinced of that. But she did use the story to persuade her parents to let her stay in contact with Max Seeker. The first group of messages you will hear were exchanged between late February 2003 and early April 2003. The later messages, after you hear the double chirp, were in the up to the murders. You are welcome. I am very happy to. It was nice to see you happy and smiling. Sleep well and take care always. You have a good heart. Sweet dreams. This isn't right, Nim. Mama can't just accuse me without proof. Neither can you. Thought you knew me better. I will stay out of your life if that's what you want. Hope you know I'm not trying to destroy you. You don't speak to me, so I don't know how you are going. What are you still doing up? You want to chat if you can't sleep? Let me know. I didn't do what everyone thinks I did. I would not do that to you. Not ever. It's hard to prove that to you, especially when you won't talk to me. Please believe me. SMSing to let you know that I received an email today from either a friend of yours or a family member. They basically told me that I'm a piece of shit for putting those pictures on the internet. I replied and insisted on my innocence. Deep down inside, I believe that you know that I would never have done this to you. Sorry for the SMS. But you won't speak to me, and this is the only way I can say what I need to say. I sent an email to your whole family to let them know that I'm still looking for Raj. I will find out who this person is. I mean that. Sorry for all your hurt and pain. Wish it wasn't there. Wish you didn't hate me. We were once very much in love. I told you I would never hurt you on purpose. I meant it and still do. I know I was mean when we parted, but that was anger and sadness. 
if I was going to do something like this, don't you think I would use the video instead? Think about it. Someone is doing this on purpose. Not me, John. It's hard to tell you everything when you keep hanging up. I have some stuff I really need to speak about. I haven't got long left, Nim. I'm sick. Happy birthday, Max. Hope you have a wonderful day. See you later on if I can. Ciao. Thanks, Nim. 33 today. Nice age. Pray that you are well. Hope to see you, but understand if I don't. One thing. Want to do something for you one day that I've always wanted to do. Can you meet me at fruit shop near our place? Albany one. In about ten minutes? My day was nice. Glad to see you. Thank you for giving me the chance to say sorry. Feel bad about bringing all this up, but I am so glad that I have your support. Thanks. I know that life at home right now might be tough for you. I'm sorry for that and I pray that things might get better. But I would just like to say that I feel bad about your phone calls tonight. You didn't even give me an explanation as to why. I know you probably couldn't speak, but you could have sent me an SMS at least. There was so much I wanted to share with you tomorrow. You promised me the other night, remember? I was really looking forward to sharing some time with you, but I guess I'm used to it. Hope you don't mind doing this for you. Really want you to be happy, Nim. Hopefully you will realise that. Strange, hey? Want to make up for everything? Want your respect back. Going to have needlework done now at the thingy place in Flockton where we went last time. Feel very weak. Please let me know how the blood test goes. Tell doctor to get the vein first go. You will be fine. Sure, would love to. Call me later on. Bring a tarp or blanket if you can, please. Hello, how are you? Hope you are well. Anyway, good night. Sweet dreams. Take care. Just saying hello. I am fine. I'm always here for you, Nim, no matter what. Always remember that, even when I'm not with you. I'm there in thought and you're always in my heart. You are special to me, Nim. Hello, how are you? How's the broom broom? Hope you are well. Miss your company heaps. Really feel like talking, but we'll wait. Good night. Take care. Sweet dreams. No, if I could, I would be there in five minutes to give you a big hug and to hold you non-stop for at least half an hour. Feel so safe in your arms. Not scared, then. I feel like a hug, too, honestly. Sending a big, soft, cuddle, good-o-good-o hug to you. And big kisses. Back to you, Goonie Goo Goo, XOXO. Miss your smile, your kisses, your laughter. I miss you. Had a bad spell today. Everyone got scared. Wanted to say it was great seeing you again. And thank you for blessing me. Really touched my heart. You are very special. May happiness surround your life. Tried to call you, but you are probably asleep, sleepyhead. If you were asked, David is my partner, met after my divorce. You have been to his place for dinner a few times. XO. Sorry too. I am okay. Just needed to lie down. Thanks for your concern. Good night. Sweet dreams, Bubba.
Happy Easter. We'll see you later tonight and then chat. I think I'm coming down with something. Feeling a day before you get sick. We'll give the one ring. This side to their lives never came out at trial. I believe criminologists and others who study criminal behaviour will be scratching their heads for years over this case. Evidence of controlling behaviour by Max Seeker towards Neilma, but no evidence of physical violence or even verbal abuse. I have reached out to Defence Barrister Sam DiCarlo to join me on the podcast and talk about the investigation and trial from the defence point of view. I am continuing other avenues of inquiry, as well as trawling through many, many folders of evidence. That's it for Max Speaks. Thank you for joining me in this latest episode of Loose Ends. I have no date for when episode 13 will drop. I am waiting to hear from Queensland Police and Sam DiCarlo. If you follow the podcast, you will be advised when a further episode is released. Please rate and review the podcast for me. If you like the podcast, recommend it to others. If you have questions, information or feedback, you can contact me via the following. The Facebook page is Loose Ends, The Singh Family Tragedy. My email address is looseends2003 at outlook.com. This podcast was made possible with the grateful assistance of the ACAST Creator Network. Many thanks to family and friends for helping me read out the contents of this episode. Appreciation to Bad Bassam for editing, mixing and mastering the episode. Music Before I Go by RKVC. You will find all my contact details in the show notes at the end of each episode.